Hello, everyone. This is Father Christian. Welcome back to another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Uh, today, Rabbi Durbin and I have Brian Eady of Grace-Based Films. Uh, he is a film director, creator, uh, but he has a huge team of folks, and he travels around the world and uh, telling messy stories of faith and hope and love. And he is going to talk to us about how he um, really wants to find us to focus on this pure tenet, core tenet of selfless, compassionate love, not hallmark love, um, but that selfless love and hearing stories. Depend, not, not worrying about your, your faith background, but let's get to the core first. Um, so he has flown in today on Zoom Airlines, uh, and uh, we, he's got multiple projects, and one that is happening uh, right now that he's working on called A Case for Love that involves Bishop Michael Curry. You might re remember him as the royal wedding preacher, um, but he is, wait a minute, just arrived. Brian Eady, welcome to the podcast for A Priest and a Rabbi. You are surrounded by a bunch of men in cloth. How do you feel about that? And it's not a Turkish bath. It's overwhelming. It's yeah, overwhelming. It's overwhelming. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Rabbi Durbin? Are you are you ready for this, buddy? Um, I was born ready. I was born ready. Okay. That's a quote on quote. All right, people, buckle your seatbelts, uh, gird your loins, and let's get ready for another episode of a priest and a rabbi. WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Okay, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode on this Friday morning here of A Priest and a Rabbi. We are excited today to have Grace-Based Films with us, a faith-based film company that wants to bring you, that works on converting Jews to Jesus. I'm kidding. That's not what's happening. We're an interfaith group here. That's not what we're up to because Rabbi would have my head on a platter as if my name was John the Baptist. I'm Father Christian Anderson. Next to me is Rabbi Matthew Durbin, the hottest rabbi this side of the Mississippi and the Jordan River. Uh, we have another handsome fellow with us today that will make us all look like schlubs because he is Hollywood hot. We're just Floridians walking around with sunburnt faces and dried out faces from too much vaping. So what we got today is a show that's all about uh, how do you create stories that can create not left field, not right field, but center field? And that center field is love. Um, how do we take the messy topics of, of, our, of our society, um, messy topics that not just the whole dividing us thing, because that's been played out, but also um, that are really tough as people of faith. How do we deal with sexuality? How do we deal when your lover is stricken with uh, a disease that can bankrupt your family, that puts emotional strain on you as the caretaker? Um, how do you deal with your son who's gay, who gets married and now wants to uh, um, 
baptize their baby? Um, how do you approach these things as people of faith? These are all topics that Brian Eady from Grace Space Films takes on um, with his film company. And you can find all of these films on there. Um, some of them you pay for, some of them you don't. So start with some of them that you don't pay for, and then you'll just get addicted and want to buy them all. Um, so uh, without further ado, um, first, let me bring on uh, my better half on this show, which is Rabbi Durbin. Um, it is not Christmas for him, so he has more energy today than I do, since he already went through his quote-unquote Super Bowl of, uh, of religious holidays. I'm just entering it. Um, you, you look rejuvenated and highly energized, even though you took care of my son the other night. Yeah, um, and you know it's been a while since the two of uh, uh, two of us have had sat um, in these uh, one by one cubicle jail cells uh, via Zoom. Um, it's been a while. Uh, I know I was out last week. I think I was actually out for the last two weeks, um, and you were out uh, for a while. But it is uh, yeah, it's great. Um, the only word of caution I would give if you ever had the opportunity to to watch Father Anderson's son, who is a peach, by the way, to to take care of. He is great. Uh, just make sure that you have a, a whole stack of diapers. Um, but uh, look, uh, I, I, Why? I, what happened? So, you know, so th this is my favorite. Okay. So Father Anderson says, I need you to watch my son from five to eight. So I was like, yeah, sure. Not a problem. It's a Sunday. It's last night of Hanukkah. What a gift. What a gift. So of course, Father Anderson rolls in at 545. My kids have been standing outside on my lawn eagerly waiting i mean we even we even we even wrote kwame's name in in our arms to welcome every car that went by we were like kwa we went through the whole thing then when he shows up i'm thinking eight o'clock eight o'clock comes nine o'clock comes nine thirty comes my daughters go dad i really love kwame but i'm so tired and i have school tomorrow so I go, don't worry, I'm sure Father Anderson will be here. So during this moment, <coughs> as, as kids do, we, we play with Kwame. We're having a great time. Then my kids want to take baths. We take baths with them. And as Kwame's like, mm, you know, just, just, just prim and proper, he's all washed. He's all great. My wife tries to go into the diaper bag and goes, what? There's food, but there's no diapers. So, of course, me, I go... Have you actually opened up every compartment? Like maybe it's put somewhere else. And of course, my wife goes, of course, he's just not there. She goes, who does this? So I go, who do you think does it? Not only Father Anderson, but I've done it many times where I think that I have it. And I drop it off and somebody's like, oh, no diapers. I'm like, oh, well, here's 10 bucks. Go to Walgreens. But it was honestly, it was, it was, it was a huge pleasure. Uh, my kids keep still keep talking about that experience where they go dad talk to father anderson we want kwame and even if if he's if, if, if he'd be interested and available let's do a sleepover so balls in your court my friend we we love your son he is a peach he is a gem um and as i as i mentioned look it was one of the greatest gifts that my kids will remember forever on the on the last night of hanukkah we were given kwame as a gift yeah, well, no, thank you, brother. And it was, he is the envy of all of uh, the congregants over at Temple Bechayam because he got to do the final night of Hanukkah with not one rabbi, but two uh, with you and your wife. So, all right, well, let's talk about another holy man in our, in our, in our midst. And, and that is Ooh. Brian Eady, who uh, 
uh, flew in on Zoom Airlines. He is out in Hollywood, California, which means <laughs> it's 6 a.m. And uh, since he's in the film industry, sometimes he gets up early, but sometimes he gets up really late, depending on how late his shoot went the night before. Um, he has done documentaries. He is an award-winning commercial uh, director. Um, you've seen some of his work on TV, uh, but he had, and he's also the son of a preacher man, which means that he's got the gospel pumping through him. And finally, God said, you know what, man, I need to bring your worlds together uh, even more firmly. So we wanted to bring him on today to talk about some of these uh, really important and poignant topics that he takes on through, through, the, through the gift of film. Brian, welcome to A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And just to, to um, set the stage for folks about how this invitation came out, <laughs> you would think that there's this kind of warm invitation from Father uh, Father uh, <laughs> Father Christian, and, and no, it was it was a badgering text series of texts about how I was almost a bad person if I wasn't awake by this point. Um, so how could <laughs> I not say no? And and then after I agreed to it, then he even tacked on an extra half an hour. So. It was a 5.30 a.m. Um, welcome party. You know, you know, Brian, it, it, it's funny, as a kid growing up, and I'm sure we all experience it as we get, you know, a little bit older, teenager or high school age, you know, we could sleep till, till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And I remember as a kid, my father would say, at 11 a.m., you are sleeping the day away. Yep. And I never understood it until I had kids, and I realized, well, hang on, if my kids are up at 5 a.m., actually 11 o'clock in the morning, that is half the day. So I appreciate you not sleeping the day away and joining us this morning. <laughs> My family will pay the price for it uh, later today. Well, you have nothing in a couple cups of coffee. Hopefully we'll be able to yeah. treat you. But uh, out in Hollywood, is that like eucalyptus leaves? Is that what you guys drink instead of the coffee? Wow. Well, I'm an yeah. Iowa boy at heart. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm a former Hollywood boy as it is. So I'm, I'm making fun of myself. All right. So buddy, uh, to put all our cards on the table, uh, Brian and I actually were formed at the same church, uh, All Saints Beverly Hills, um, out in Beverly Hills. And um, we saw, but you have done, you've already created a big body of work. And my first introduction to you as a filmmaker uh, was This Day Forward. Uh, and uh, a powerful, powerful movie. Now, this one was a scripted, not a, docu not, not a documentary, but based on a true story of a family wrestling with a brain cancer uh, diagnosis and how it's just the strain that it puts upon the family and the husband who's going through this huge change in his life and the wife, how she deals with this and the children. As anyone knows who's gone through major health issues, that it's, it, it changes the fabric, uh, especially if it's a, a young family um, financially, emotionally, physically, uh, caretakers, all, all that. And then when you're people of faith, that's the thing, you're people of faith. How do you wrestle with God like Jacob and say, ask the why God, why, why is this happening to us? How are we going to get through this? And am I allowed to be angry at you, God? Am I allowed to yell at you, God? Why aren't you healing my, my, my husband, God? He's in this, in this movie and in real life, he is a worship director. He is a gaga for god and 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 so we this, this is these are real questions and faith-based films often uh and brian you mentioned this in our pre-production phone call at four in the morning that we often see the home team always wins the people who have faith in the end are going to score the touchdown are going to have the healing the marriage will come together um 
as we do know, and Rabbi will attest this, there's people that we work with all the time. And unfortunately, the marriage ends in a divorce. The touchdown doesn't get doesn't happen. Um, and uh, the person does not come to faith. As, these are realities we need to wrestle with. And if we don't, if we're not honest about it, then we just gloss over it or we don't allow these stories to be talked about. Um, and we've tried to, we find God in it. Brian, why was this important for you to, to start creating these stories? Why not just create some good pure flicks movies where we all score touchdowns at the end of the movie? And, I mean, that's a complicated, complicated question. And I, I think to go back in time when we were first dreaming up this kind of work and we saw the kind of, of content that was coming out of Hollywood in this space, as you say, you know, at the end, the football team wins and, and the marriage is reconciled. And, and I think that for me, I felt like if that is your journey, that's fantastic, right? I would be great if everybody's team won and, and their, their marriage was reconciled and they felt healing. But I think that my journey had been uh, that I hadn't experienced that and the people around me weren't experiencing that. So what does that mean? Hmm. And if the only thing that's coming out of the space is saying that if your faith is strong enough, then X and you're not getting X, then there's a whole lot of people that are starting to feel like, okay, there must be something wrong with me. I must be flawed. And I think that was what drew us to try to tell these stories is to tell people that if you don't have those results, then you're not flawed. So let's have a conversation about what that, what that really means. And that, I think that was the spirit behind um, taking the leap of faith to even try to tell stories like these. And it, it becomes tough. It's complicated to tell them because there's no easy end to these these stories, these films. So what, how do we, how do we do that? And we've been wrestling with that the entire time. How does, how, I mean, given, given, you know, um, um, the production company and everything that yeah. you started and, and, you know, how did that, how did that manifest itself? I mean, presumably I, I, I assume you are doing this full time now and this mm -hmm. is, is your project and, and, you know, all everything you've invested your time and energy yeah. with, how did that, I mean, how did that transition happen? Yeah. And was it was it challenging? And did you have pushback? And or was it just all, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. There's never any pushback, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's not a problem. It um, no, it, it you know. So I was on the vestry, which is essentially the board of uh, the parish at the time, and and it's a four year commitment, and and most of the work that happens on that board is financial based. Uh, pledging, stewardship, all those, the normal board things. And when I, my first year at the very beginning of that, I realized I have zero gifts to add in that space. So I could either <laughs> rubber stamp four years of the people that do, or we could try to spend the time figuring out how to activate different gifts in our parish. And our church, as Christian has said, just happens to be in a space that has a lot of people in the storytelling business. So then I just huddled with a couple of people and said, you know, what if while this is going on, what if we tried to activate some of those gifts in our own parish and see if we could tell some of these stories? And so we took on a little test, which was a short film, a little eight minute short film. We had a few parishioners donate some money to, to make it happen. We shot it in two days. The short film was called Reconcile. And the theme of that one was the challenge of loving the other in our lives. And, uh, and the other in that particular movie is an LGBT story um, about somebody that was chased out of church for um, his sexual orientation when he was young. And it's a true story centered around somebody that was on the board with me at the time. Mm. And, and when he had told his story in our kind of spiritual discernment um, uh, retreat during the day, I thought, 
you know, it's one thing for any of us to know there are spaces where we're not welcome. We know that they exist and we just avoid them. It's a whole nother thing in this particular space. He had grown up in this church, involved as a kid. He sang in the, the choirs, he's acolyting. He's doing all the things that you do as a volunteer and as a child. And then as he was in his teens as transgender, as he was coming into his own sexuality as gay, a transgender person just happened to come into the church. And this was in, um, I think, Memphis or Knoxville in the 70s. And the sermon series quickly became, you are not welcome. And so he internalized that. And he's like, listen, I know you're talking about that person, but you're actually talking about me and you don't even know that. And the damage that caused him is that he stepped away and didn't go to church again for 27 years until he got to LA and this story that brought him back. But as somebody who had children at the time, and you guys talk about your own children, the thought of having my own child grow up in a place that he was loved and then have them turn on him, like the pain that was uh, impacted from that. So that was really what drew me to that particular story is, is I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine what that would feel like. And so we shot it there and, and, uh, and we got done with the film. We had this really wonderful uh, panel conversation at All Saints. And I think we had 500 people there and we brought in people from the national church and Hollywood. And, and it was just this question. We had media people, faith people, and entertainment people, because I felt like those three areas really impact social thought. Uh, a lot of people, uh, th their worldview is dictated on them by media, social media, politics, and, and, and faith. And so we had this conversation around the challenge of loving the other, and then we just gave it away. The idea of that whole project was was uh, use it someplace if it's of, of value. Um, so we, we gave it away when it was done. So the, the reception was really warm and supportive at the time. And we thought, okay, I think we might be on something. 500 people you said showed up. Um, that's, that's awesome. I just have to note this because this comes up a lot, Rabbi. I don't know if it comes up for you and your congregation, but um, when I reference uh, Los Angeles, and I talk about uh, Los Angeles or let's say the West Coast can become, you mentioned you're, you have a theme of talking about the other, definitely in yeah. reconcile. Who is the other in, yeah. in your life? Um, yeah. Here in Florida, uh, often Los Angeles can be the other, you know, those people. And, and, uh, and it's, it's what I saw so when I talked to people, that's where I came from. People are like, how did, how did you do it as a priest? you know, with all those secular humanists or all of those liberal Democrats, you know, who hate Jesus and stuff. Um, and so my experience was, it was one of the most spiritual cities I've been in because everyone's super hungry for the divine. Now they might not feel comfortable in organized religion, but that's not their issue. That's organized religion's issue. They got to figure out the game and figure out how to communicate their gospel uh, more effectively. But um, I find a place like Los Angeles, people are seeking desperately for a relationship with the divine. They might not have the language, or as we in our tradition, the liturgy to do it, but that's our job. But what is, so I, there's just a minor detail, since we have you here from Hollywood, um, pitching these faith-based productions, is that is that a struggle in Hollywood? Do you kind of wish you were more in the Bible belt, where it might be easier to sell, or come to Florida, where there might be just an easier sell. Hey, we're making faith-based films here, man. Can we give me some money? Is that ever an issue when you sit down with people and people are like, uh, I don't know, in Hollywood, we want to put money where that, that, you know? I think that, you know, the way that this grew organically is they grew, it started at, at a small enough scale that it didn't need millions of dollars to do it. 
And I think that gave us the freedom to tell the stories that we wanted to tell instead of the ones that the money people wanted us to tell. And that was really important to us. And like you say, there are enough of those people, just even in our own parish, that this was important. So let's take the leap of faith for that. So as the projects grew, then the need for that money to come uh, became nationwide. And so this, the one we're doing right now, uh, to skip over this day forward, the one we're doing right now, that was funded from people all over the country. And it had Florida money, Texas money, you know, East Coast money, West Coast money, um, which was actually really beautiful because these are stories that are really meant for all of those people. This is not a West Coast church kind of ministry anymore. Um, but to your question, in the early days, it was just passionate people that you know wanted they knew that this was uncertain and they said all right let's let's try it anyway mm. and when you when you when you think of these these narratives that you're sharing uh you know amongst amongst the you know uh, the united states and, and throughout the world where do you where do you grab your inspiration or you know these stories or these these messages that you want to convey where do you get your source of inspiration from well, I think that I am very drawn to stories that bring us together just by nature. And um, as Christian had said, so, you know, my background is my father is a Lutheran pastor. My mother is a, a devout Catholic and I married an Episcopalian. And so I think that, you know, growing up, we went to the Catholic church on Saturday, the Lutheran church on Sunday. We did both youth groups. We did all that kind of stuff. And I think one of the really beautiful things about that is it very early taught me that, um, we're all in this together, even in that very narrow Christian space, um, that we are in this together and that there is no one uh, theology or doctrine that's right. And I think that that probably informed my desire to, to hunt out those kinds of stories. And so I think each one was a little different. You know, they happened, the reconciled one happened to be because I was in that retreat on that day and heard a story that, that's, that spoke to me. When we decided to take a leap of faith and tell a feature film, we met as a group, this little group of dreamers, and, and we just threw out all kinds of ideas of stories that, that could be possible. And the reason I think we stuck on the second one for this day forward was there's this Lutheran worship leader in Iowa who was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 38, father of three, married, um, big Lutheran church in the Midwest. And the thing that drew me to that one was not the fact that he had was diagnosed with a brain cancer because a lot of people have sad stories to, the, to their to their journey but instead it was how in the world did he continue to get up in front of a thousand people every Sunday singing about the glory of God while he knew that his life was being taken away from him and that was what drew me to that story because I had no idea and I don't know if I do even now but I knew that there was something powerful to that and so when we went to go tell that story, I, I brought the writer and I said, I'm going to bring you to Iowa and I don't want you to write anything until you go and meet this family because I wanted it to be real to the family and not LA's version of small town Iowa guy gets, gets, gets brain cancer. So I, I, I'm just drawn to stories that are real um, and that the audience has to figure out what it is they want to take from it. Uh, there are no, uh, as, as Christian said earlier, you know, we don't wrap it up in a bow because they don't have a bow ending for a lot of these. So we really want them to be something that an audience person could see themselves in some portion and then go home and wrestle with it for a while of, of, of what does this mean to me? Um, so what is, there are a lot of that. When you, when, just mm -hmm. to continue to go deeper with what you just yeah. said right there, what has been the response when people have watched 
a movie like this stay forward? And uh, some of the stories you've heard yeah. about people uh, yeah. dealing with similar things. Well, that that one's unique because after the movie was done and we had some screenings in LA and did all of that, I went on the road with it because I really wanted to see, does this, you know, we're proud of it, but does it actually speak to people? And so I went out on the road with the wife of the gentleman who's in the movie, um, her husband, and she had just moved him into a nursing home. So he's 45 years old, moved her 45 year old husband into a nursing home full of 90 year old people. And we went on the road for two months and so we were in 53 cities in 60 days. And we screened it for movie theaters and churches and community centers and all that kind of stuff. And, and what I loved about that experience that changed my life is that I think all of us tend to spend time in our little bubbles as your parish or your temple or your family or your state or whatever that is. And I'm no different, but to be forced to go out hmm. and sit with people in rural South Dakota and watch a movie and then have a dialogue with them. And what we realized from the movie is that like people like the movie and I'm proud of that, but the overwhelming theme was that all the movie did was create a space through a story that made somebody else feel safe enough to tell their story. And then we were off to the races because somebody finally felt like, okay, you're coming here. You're sitting with me in the middle of nowhere. I want to tell you my story. And then the movie would, when the movie got over, we'd probably be there for two hours with people in line one-on-one -on -one time of just wanting to come up and share their story. And it just made me realize that at the end of the day, we're really, we're all pretty similar. We're all in this crazy thing together. And this idea, like you had said, um, Christian of, of the left and the right and the east and the west and the urban and the rural, like those divides are not nearly as, um, I don't know, they're not nearly as big as we think they are when you actually sit down with people. And, and that motivated me from there on out of like, okay, this is a space I want to be in. You're getting, you're, you're giving permission for us all to talk about the messiness of life. We're all human mm -hmm. beings. In, in this human experience, um, we have pains, we have loss, um, and you're giving permission for us to, to talk about it. And that does unite us. Uh, it, you know, sometimes when we see the greatest moments of unity, uh, it's usually after a disaster or something like that. You know, they talk about in Florida that uh, the happiest you'll find Floridians and the most loving and giving is during a tornado season because everyone's yeah. just like, hey, hello, hey, do you need anything? Well, how can I help you? What's going on? Do you need help with your shutters? And then the rest of the, the, rest of the year- hurricanes. But Sorry, yeah, I got tornadoes on my mind. God bless, uh, God bless yeah. all the people in America right now are struggling. Um, but that for for us with hurricanes, it really binds everyone because every, everyone's empathy meter is so high. I feel your pain and your worry and your fear because I get it. Um, I'm feeling the same thing. Oh. You know, your movie is giving permission for us, and you you live into the discomfort. A movie like this, Day Forward, I love how it's not there. Not there's not a big bow at the end, like you mm -hmm. said. No, it's just, it's just the messiness. And so, and you don't try to tell us you, you as a filmmaker, don't say, I'm going to tell you how this ends. And I'm going to tell you that it all works out. Um, you present it to us as the audience for us now to have a post-show discussion or to go home with our spouse. I mean, my wife and I sat around afterwards and talked about the film for a while. We don't do that with every film mm -hmm. because you put a big question mark at the end. So I, I, I think you really have, if that's part of your mission saying, we just want to create a venue that gives permission for us all to have a deeper discussion about our faith, about the struggles of life and in community. 
Well, God bless you, man. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're off to an awesome start. So, all right, well, talk about starts and finishes. Let's finish this first segment right here so we can hear from the people who make this show possible. When we come back, we're, uh, we'll continue on with Brian Eady of Grace Base Films. Talk about his latest project with the royal wedding uh, preacher, which is uh, the Honorable as the um, our rabbi would call him, the Honorable Emperor uh, Bishop Michael Curry uh, of the uh, Episcopal Church. And we'll talk about that and his mission to spread love um, in this world. So we'll be right back with part two of A Priest and a Rabbi with Grace Space Films. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, everyone, welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. No Todd Newton today. Usually he is our guy who welcomes him in, but Evan doesn't like Todd Newton because he doesn't like game shows. So that's what happens when your producer doesn't like game shows. So unfortunately, we'll have to get a new person. Uh, but Rabbi, um, how are you doing? It's it's not early for you, so I shouldn't be asking how you're doing. Our guest is Brian Eady from Gray Space Films, all the way in Hollywood, California. It is so early. It is dark in his house. His children are asleep, but he is up because he is passionate to talk about uh, grace and filmmaking and faith. And that's exactly what his film company does. They talk about the messiness of faith. And so in the first part, we talked about a few of the projects that stay forward and reconcile. Uh, now he has a, a third big project that he's working on right now. And this one, he went Hollywood on it because he's brought in the celebrity power. Um, so Brian, can you tell us about your latest project you're working on? Absolutely. And, and, and before I do that, as you say, game shows, I don't know if I ever told you this, Christian, but we, my wife and I paid for our wedding because I was on Hollywood Squares. Um, so there are, there are benefits to game shows. If you have yeah. an in, you know, because we just fired Todd Newton. So if, uh, so, so is it, wait, can, can you please just give us uh, like at least 60 seconds of that story? That's amazing. Well, that was 21 years ago, but it was, uh, yeah, we got pulled into Hollywood squares, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, those were the days when she was the center square and, and uh, was terrified. And it's this huge 30 foot wall of celebrity. You look on TV and you're like, oh, they're there, they're there, there. But you're actually sitting there looking up at this, huge wall of people looking down at you um wondering why you don't know the answers to these silly questions and but i won uh a day and a half's worth of the show and uh it was like a jet ski and a few thousand dollars or something like that so we hocked the jet ski right away and, and that's how we paid for our wedding wow. yeah amazing 
How'd you oh, get on the show? Cool. There you go. There's the, yeah. Very spiritual. And how, but how did you get on the show? There, I think there are hotlines for all those. We were on a couple of different shows. Um, yeah, not, not oh, all of that. That is, that, that's awesome. That, that's that, a Hollywood that, story. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. So God is good all the time. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, tell us about your latest project. You, you have some, a little bit of celebrity power in within the faith world. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that and why you chose to go down that route. Yeah. So the project we're working on right now is, is our first documentary and it's called a case for love. And um, I won't bore you with kind of how I got connected to Bishop Curry, but what the emotional place of where it was born out of is for the last two years, as you've all talked about on your show and in your spaces of worship, I think we're all living in this shared experience of isolation and separation and whether it's, you know, faith or politics or economics or whatever those things are. And so there were conversations that started before COVID that then really took off during that time about this idea of taking Bishop Curry, who's the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. So he's kind of the Pope of the, of the U.S. Episcopal Church. And his message is and has always been this idea of, as a society, we have got to figure out how to live into this idea of unselfish love, this unsentimental, sacrificial love. And so we had been connected in a variety of different ways, but then the projects that that was born out of it was, what if you all, being us, went out into the country and actually explored? Because he writes about it, he preaches about it, you know, he talks about it in the royal wedding. Everybody saw that. I think it was like four billion people saw that royal wedding on that amazing sermon. So it's one thing to have this intellectual exercise where I'm going to preach on it or I'm going to write on it. It's another thing, like, does this actually work? Are there people, like, what does that look like in real America for people that are striving to try to live into that idea of that. And so then we came on and said, okay, well then we'll, let's create a project around that. Let's just go explore with no agenda and just go listen to people. And so that's what this documentary is. And so we left in May of this year, eight of us rented three vans, a bunch of gear, a bunch of snack bars, um, met in Minneapolis. And then we just started driving all over the country, working our way East and South and just sat with people and not people, I think there's this assumption that if you're listening to people talk about unselfish love, that must be just a bunch of do-gooders. And this will be a project where it's like, okay, let's pat ourselves on the back. You did good. Yay for you. You did good. Yay for you. And it's not that at all. It's, it's, there are some people whose journey is fairly simple and it's wonderful. Um, and, and those are a breath of fresh air, but there's also people who are still in the trenches that are still trying to figure out and it is hard and it is messy. And those are equally important and equally powerful messages. And so we had 13 of those and they're military stories and there were people who were sexually trafficked by their parents. There are people who lean into hospitality through love. There are people who uh, are foster parents who've lost their children. Uh, just this wonderful, beautiful range of life experiences so we did 13 of those deep dives all over the, all over the country. And then we did, I think, 250 just interviews of people on the street of just randomly grabbing somebody walking by of downtowns or beaches or homeless shelters or in tents um, all, of small towns, big cities, and just ask them about this idea of unselfish love. Like, where have you seen it in the world? Where have you seen its absence in the world? Uh, so we did 250 or so of those. And then we've done probably 15 interviews with notable figures of um, 
people who some of us would recognize as, as leaders in their space. So politicians, religious leaders, both Christian, Jewish, Muslim, uh, actors, just folks who we would recognize that leaned into that. So the last six months has just been about collecting and listening to people. And now we're at the stage of editing all that together to, to like, what is the, what is the story going to be from that? That is a lot of footage, Brian. Yeah. And that's a kind of a, a broad question. So how do you, I mean, that's probably up to you as the director. You're, are you the one sitting behind the camera? Are you the one trying to pull more out and allowing people to get more vulnerable? Uh, because you're just asking about this love and where have you seen the uh, unselfish, sacrificial love? Um, did, did you get, how, how do you parse through yeah. that? So it doesn't just turn into these huge eight hour monologues. Yeah, it was, it was a, a uh, it was a leap of faith because I think before we left on the tour, I didn't know who any of these people were. We, we had them lined up for the most part, but you don't know what they're going to say. Um, you have a one line synopsis about their story. And so we crafted in our minds like, okay, I think this might be the storyline of this. So this might be how we use these people. But I really did want to, and I think it's the exact the work that you both are doing with the show. Like you really wanted to authentically allow them to just be what they needed to be and not just fulfill your own need for them in the, in the way they tell stories. So to each of them, I think I had one or two questions prepped. And then the rest of the day was, let's just dialogue. Like, what is it that you need to say? We'll figure out how to use it, but you just be you and tell your particular story and so there was a lot of lost sleep in that because it, it just makes it chaotic. Um, but you start to see things that come out once you get away from it a little bit. And um, so, so yes, now we're in that kind of crazy stage of documentary filmmaking where like, what do you do with all of this? Um, but, but it who, really- Who do you, Brian, who do you, who do you consult with in terms of bringing all the material together? I mean- a great editor. The editor's really the backbone of, of this. Like, I feel like I bring the uh, kind of the emotional side of like what I want this to feel like. And then the editors, as with any project, are the ones that create the story. They just have a different set of gifts than I ever do. And so they're very kind of, um, she's wonderfully creative. She's a non-practicing Muslim from Iran, which is fantastic. Our composer is a very devout Jew from Tel Aviv. So it already is forcing us to not fall into this, these circles that we naturally, the using language that we would use as Christians or as Episcopalians or, or whatever that might be. Uh, so she's really the heartbeat of like, okay, wait, 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 Brian, I get what you're trying to do. Let's get practical now about moving these puzzle pieces. So she's, she's the real, um, she's, you she's a key for, for this not to become a pure flicks project because yes. She's the one correct in the story and she is not a believer. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't have the same beliefs as you do in faith. So, so she's like, yeah, prove it to me. Yeah. Have there, have there, uh, Brian, have there been times where we have uh, conflicted in some way or butted heads in terms of your vision and through the editing process of that's just not possible. And we need to be able to show it this way or temper it this way. Have you had, um, have you had difficult conversations where, there have been some pushback of, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe I can just let this go and see organically where it comes to, or say, you know, it really is diluting my message or changing, you know, the vision of what I want. Have you, have, have you had that, that experience? Not incredibly difficult ones. And those might come as it gets more and more refined. I think when you really have to make the choice between 
clip A or clip B. I think it will be there in the next couple of months. But I think what we have had in those in the early stages together is this, like we all have an idea of what the world needs, right? Like, like we're in this thing together, but we also all have pretty strong opinions about things. And so there is this, this dance that has happened early on where she would come at it from, okay, okay, this, you told me you want to tell the story for non-believers. So I really want to push it this direction. And then I'm also like, well, it's also being funded by believers. So we got to find that balance of, of how does it speak to people within the sanctuary or the temple, but also people that would never go through the, the doors. But I think the thing that connects her and I in this is that we're both looking at the same global impact of separation, isolation, division. And I think the there's a unifier in that, that we have got to figure out how to start bringing people together. And I think being grounded in that same foundation makes those conversations not super difficult yet. Um, so it's just grace-based films. Do you guys, since you have a, a Jew as your composer, a Muslim as your editor, you're, you know, a, a wacky Christian. Do, it, is there a spiritual component you all share? Do you guys pray together or is it more do you guys try to keep it a little more simple than that? Not, not in that way. I think that everybody's on their own journey kind of spiritually in that way. I think it informs the work um, and it informs the desire to break out of of molds, um, but we don't have a, a lot of the work doesn't happen together either. Uh, right. You know, the composer does the vast amount of the work and then we'll get together four weeks later and play with things. And a lot of that happens with the editor um, as well. So, so not in a day-to-day -day tangible way that, that you, the two of you might have where you interact with each other more than we do. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, you're hitting upon, we do... Well, we say this a lot in the church. We do live in a post-Christian uh, time yeah. where the numbers, if you go by stats yeah. in the West, would be going down. Now, in other parts of the world, they're going way up in the global South. Uh, but in the West, they, they're, they're, they're trending downward. Mm -hmm. uh, and so how do you communicate the truth of the gospel in ways that are really going to touch people who normally would just turn, who, who will run the other way if they hear that it's a faith-based mm -hmm. project? Uh, is there a hope for you that the work that you're doing here will you you will have because people might give you criticism saying well you're called grace-based films and where, where where's the faith stuff yeah. and you say listen you can start your own company and you guys can just go really heavy with the faith um for you uh you're trying to do a much larger touch point for people sounds like you're focusing on the core tenet that that, that binds us all and definitely as people of faith which is love and without love we ain't got god and it's not about love it ain't about god so you're just trying to get to that core there um is there ever any tension that you get from people saying um can you go deeper with that? This is yeah. your faith. Yeah, I definitely had that on this day forward. And I think, and you wrestle with that, right? I think as you might remember from the business, I'm sure you both in the space you're working in, is you get pulled to that of like people say you should be X, right? Or you should be doing more of Y. And and I I am swayed by that all the time. And and I don't I feel uncertainty and I have that inferiority complex all the time in this space. Um, but when I feel most grounded. I realized that all I need to do is be authentic to what my voice is and my experience is. And then you take it to where you want it to be. And the place where I found peace with this in the faith world is that our job, I feel like our job as filmmakers is to tell a story that's compelling enough for somebody to then want to explore deeper. And then they can go into your all's world because 
I'm not the, we talked about this early on. I'm not the teacher. I'm not the, the person that, that um, the, part of the reason there's, these aren't wrapped up in the bow is I don't know what the bow is all the time in my own life, but I know people that are much more grounded in that space than I am. So if I can tell a story that makes somebody want to explore that in their local space better, or, you know, whatever that is, then it feels like a win to me. Um, so yeah, I, feel I don't like know. I go to place in that. Yeah. You're going to get that, especially with, um, uh, rabbis come to see it where I did I have a one-man show about just my life from being yeah. in the nightclub world into then being a priest yeah. and I have gotten that 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 loving criticism of where's the come to Jesus moment yeah. um, and and so you do this that's your responsibility as a Christian mm-hmm. so uh, rabbi I don't know if you get this if you ever created a Jewish based content that there needs to be a call because I know we look at evangelism a lot differently uh, but in the Christian world, there is that, especially when you deal with people who want to support your show and back you, um, that they, they, they do want that come to Jesus moment. I've talked to other evangelical producers who have to struggle with that because the base is going to want the, the, the altar call. When you're saying, I'm, that's, not, that's not the mission I have. I'm really trying to create the space for people to ask the big questions mm-hmm. and then leave that question mark to them. Um, and it sounds like for you, and that, that, that's a big place for you, you want to stir the nest and you want to get people's hearts working to ask the big existential questions. You're like the first week of alpha. You're not week two, yeah. three, four, five. You're yeah. the first week. What, what is life about? Why is life? Why do bad things happen to good people? Let's start talking about that. And then you go to where you need to go to figure that out. And is that, is that a correct yeah. assessment? Yeah, I think that's really correct. And I think that this beautiful thing we've seen along this journey and it, 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 looking at Rabbi here as we're telling this story, you know, we were, we did these two, we were in two synagogues or one synagogue and in one rabbi's home in Chicago. And there, it, it represents almost all of the steps of this journey is that people, you're invited in because whatever, they knew Bishop Curry. So they said, okay, we love Bishop Curry. We'll be a part of this project. But there's a skepticism right away of like, okay, I don't know you jokers and you're coming into my space and am I, are you going to be Borat where you're going to make me look stupid? Or am I going to say, there was a lot of that all over the country. And I think that when you saw that light turn on for people individually, where like, okay, I trust where these, where these folks are coming from, then it it all changes. And so it it was been this beautiful journey of building trust with people where we're so divided and, and, particular ways and so much mistrust. And you had told this story about this LA, Florida thing. I felt that. So the first trip in 2021 that I took for this project was to fly to Southern Florida to, and then you and I had dinner on the end of that trip. And I remember after a year, year and a half of, of being in Los Angeles in the a liberal Episcopal church, living at home, only living through social media and news like everybody else, you would think that Florida was the devil's lair. I mean, it's just, and even though you knew that intellectually that it wasn't, if all you heard over and over again, and you realize that's the same thing happening in Florida about LA people or wherever that was at the time. But I remember getting off the plane and I went for a walk early in the morning and I saw a guy. I thought, oh boy, here we go. And then the guy said hi to me. And it was this bizarre switch flipping of like, oh yeah, that's right right? Like it's just the guy. It sounds super corny, but that's how programmed I felt after a year and a half of just living in this place and only hearing divisive social media angsty things. Yeah. We got to get out. We got to get out of our bubbles and, and, uh, and lower that temperature a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And your, your, your production and the journey that you've been taking is, is walking that walk because you guys yeah. literally got in a car and drove around yeah. and looked all these dates and you saw all different types of people. So it's, this is fantastic. So if people would want to now the case for love, when does that do out? Well, we'll probably complete the film in spring of 2022. And then depending on which distributor it ends up with, uh, they would determine the actual release date and, and all of that. But but we would by spring of um, late spring of 2022, we'll have um, hopefully it all be completed. And then through our social media and communications, we can update folks on when that would where that will be and when. OK, five five year dream in five years. Where would you love Grace? Like, what would that look like? You walking into the office, Grace Space Films. What would you guys be up to? What's going on on that day five years from now? Big, big dream. The other part of Grace Space Films, besides the faith stuff that we talked about, is that I was inspired by um, Newman's own food brand. I don't know if you see it in the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, of course. Paul, so, so Paul Newman had the idea. He's like, listen, people are going to buy salad dressing and salsa anyway. So why don't we make our own and give away all the profits to philanthropy? Grace Space Salad think, Dressing. Yeah, right. And I think to date, they've given away over $600 million. So what's my five-year plan? My five-year plan is that we can put people to work telling stories that hopefully stir somebody's life in some way and at the end of the day they're financially successful enough that then we can also create philanthropy that can do an additional layer of good in the world like the two of them can dance together um, that would be my dream five years from now that's great and so you're you're that you're it's, it's happening because you are now full-time gray space films yeah which yeah. is awesome so yeah so there's no doritos commercial you're doing on the side there's no Doritos on the side. No. Okay. And, and then how long ago was that before you, you made that, le that leap? Was that like a year ago, two years ago? Yeah. So it was a year ago. I mean, it was a year ago right now, almost essentially that, that had that ability to green light. And these projects are all funded by donors. Um, so it, it took a leap of faith of people all over the country to say, okay, these are important. Um, and when we hit that mark, uh, we knew we, we had something good. This is so um, awesome. Yeah. Brian, people want to, if they're listening right now, they want to know more about Grace Space Films. They want to watch the content. They want to purchase some of it. Where do they go? Yeah. So the website is gracebasedfilms.org. Um, and it's on uh, Facebook, Instagram, but the website itself is gracebasedfilms.org. And then from there, it'll direct you to where you can watch. And some of the content's for free. Like, y'all, yeah. you can go watch Reconcile right now on Vimeo. Yeah. So you go to Vimeo, watch it. Uh, it's only 11 minutes long. So get a taste of what Brian has been doing by watching Reconcile. Uh, be open-minded, take the journey with it. Um, and then uh, this day forward is one. So for if you have a, uh, you can talk to your rabbi, talk to your imam, talk to whomever, get, get this day forward. Um, as And Brian will has done uh, screenings all over the country at houses of worship. Uh, and then does the, the, the money is where the post-show discussion is, the, yeah. the talk afterwards. And I'm assuming you're still doing that. Can you guys still travel and still do yeah. post-show discussions? Yeah, I just spoke to the, to, the, to the wife a little bit ago that we might come out in Palm Springs and do a series of them there. So it, it's, a, you know, we were brought out, we did a month of it in Australia as well uh, because they saw the tour and they wanted to bring that out. Um, so we did the same thing out there. So uh, yes, that's, you can find this day forward stuff on, on gracebasefilms.org too. That could be our next interfaith uh, job between Rabbi Durbin and I, and then we'll do, we'll do a screening over at the temple and then one over at the church and then we'll all get together and Rabbi will steal my son and uh, we'll go from there. 
Uh, Rabbi and I have a bet going on right now. Who could convert each other's children faster? So right now, uh, I think he's going to win that. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm on top here. <laughs> yeah, you're really on top. So, uh, which is good. You know, so my, my my son has got to be a good Jew if he's ever going to have to be a good follower of Jesus. So, um, so anywho, all right, guys. Before this gets really weird, Brian, thank you for waking up so early out there on the West Coast. Um, God bless your work that you're doing with grace-based films and also we didn't even get into the whole leap of faith you took in your own career that's a whole other uh topic just how you you you're you're obviously trusting god in your life you are taking a leap of faith you are you have children that you're that you're raising you have a family you're a husband and so i know that you also have responsibilities and to this is a great testament to listening to god's call i know one thing though it hasn't been easy i know you work your butt off and you you burn a lot of midnight oil, and so for all of us, when we follow God's call, know that it's, the door is open, but it, it it's 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 challenging as heck, uh, but it's glorious. If you listen to Brian, I don't I don't hear the struggle or him looking over his shoulder. He is all systems go forward, and God is really doing incredible things uh, through him and his team. So, um, well, Christine, let me just say, as same with your work, that like Grace Based Films is not Brian right? Like it is much bigger. And the fact that these stories are being told is because there's a whole lot of people that are doing all of the really much more interesting and much more talented work. I just get to be the person that can just talk to you about it. And I think we would be misled if, if for any reason people thought, okay, Grace-Based Films is this guy and he's somehow this guru. That is not the case. There are- No, that's Michael Sada. people. If yeah. there's a guru in our lives, it is Father <laughs> Michael Sadov. I think we all seven know foot two priest in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Brian, uh, hopefully you can catch a cat nap before you got to take your kids to school. God bless you. Please give our love to your lovely wife, who is the real truth, heart, and engine of that family. Um, yeah. The thank you for waking up and thank you, thank thank her for allowing you to be shared with us this morning. And thank you both for allowing me to be on. I I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my brother. So Rabbi Durbin, um, your homework is to, to, to uh, let, let, let's talk about how we can get some, some grace-based films as another interfaith uh, project between us. Um, I know, brother, you are now taking your rest in peace since Hanukkah is over. Um, and I'm going into the, the wildness of Christmas. So uh, check out stmarys-stewart.org if you want to go celebrate Christmas with us here in Steered, Florida, or check us out online. Uh, we will also be moving to a full podcast in january so this is one of our final radio shows i know you guys are crying but january 21st will be our last radio show after that you will only find us on the podcast it has been an incredible run here at wstu but you're not done with us yet not done with us yet god bless you peace be with you and spread love to someone who you think is the other today peace <laughs>